This is a very special episode of the Child Adoption Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are listening. My name is Ross. I have the privilege of hosting this conversation. I am joined by Dave and Jess from Doorpost Songs. Dave and Jess, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you guys are here. Oh, we're so glad to be here. Yeah, thanks now, for having us. I've had the privilege of speaking to you guys before, and I'm also joined by Shauna Merlin from Awana. Listener, when I tell you that I don't play favorites, I mean it. But Dave and Jess are probably my two favorite musicians because <laughs> the way that Doorpost Songs is able to make everything about scripture is something that I truly believe is unique in, to use a very controversial term, the marketplace today. And I just can't thank you guys enough just personally as a believer, as a dad, as whatever label is appropriate for me right now. Thank you guys for your ministry because it is so deeply impactful to me every day. So thank you for all that you guys do. That is so kind. Thank wow. you. Thanks, Ross. Yeah. Um, do you have anything now, else? Yeah, oh no, that's God. it. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you guys later. Um, now, I want to start to sort of back things up a little bit, though, for folks who haven't heard of you guys. One of the things that's fascinating to me about artists of all sorts is there's a moment where you go, hey, I'm pretty good at this singing thing, right? And then you go oh, this actually might be like a, a blessing. This actually might be something that can actually be a ministry opportunity. And I laugh because that for me is talking, right? So I didn't have one of those moments because this is the thing that everybody does, right? But I'll ask the question this way of, do you have a music origin story? Do you have that moment where you're listening to music and you're like, oh, this, there's something about me in this that is like, who were some of those early musical in influences on your life? Well, for me personally, I can remember the first time I thought, I want to do that. Mm. And it was, I was six years old, at First Baptist Church in Lake Jackson, Texas, and new song came and sang the song, Arise My Love, mm. you know, which uh, I guess maybe anybody over 40 is probably like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I remember that and being like, that's what I want to do. Um, and so that was kind of the beginning, probably the one that I think about the most often is that I played drums for my church worship service. The first thing, first time we ever had drums in our worship service, you were the drummer. I played drums Wow. and I had a little Phil Collins microphone so I could sing along wow. and, but the problem was that I could, I could play or I could sing, but I really could not do both <laughs> at the same time. And you know, sometimes we learn things because people say, you're really good at that. <laughs> Other times we learn things I'm because like we're not you. good at that. <laughs> and I learned that I was not meant to be a singing drummer. So sure. okay. that was an important yeah. part of my musical origin story. <laughs> but both of us really come from very musical families. Yeah. So I grew up playing bluegrass and gospel music with my family. And so when we were like five, six, seven years old, I was up there, you know, flanked by my dad on one side and my sister and my mom on the other. 
And so just realizing that, okay, well, we get to do this. And this is not what other kids do on the weekends with their families. They don't <laughs> travel around and play bluegrass and gospel music. And so I, I think I knew pretty early on that that was something that was going to stick with me. Yeah. And that desire to somehow do that um, yeah. has just always been there. So Shauna, as the two non-musical people at the table, right. um, I'm curious... I have a, sometimes have a hard time articulating this because to say the very obvious thing, music has a unique power right. over families, particularly young families, like the stage of life that you and I are in. I'm curious for you, when is the time where you begin to see like, oh, music does something with my kids that me reading the Bible with them, me, you know, engaging in conversation with them doesn't actually do like, do you have one of those types of sure. conversation with your girls? So I, I think about like the two or the three year old that does the motions, you know, that <laughs> yeah. whether it's with Dora the Explorer mm. or whatever it is that they're watching and they can do the motions and they can sing the song. And I think the beauty that we're able to bring into this is kids want to sing no matter how good or bad it sounds, they sure. want to sing, they want to do motions. And that's a way that we can teach them so early on to express their love and adoration of the Lord. Yeah. And so I, I was also singing at a young age, Jess, but not in front of anybody. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had three brothers and so I was always singing in the car, like really loud. Sure. And so it was nice. very common, you know, Shauna, quiet yeah. mm -hmm. you know so that was my experience singing with my family <laughs> yeah. so one of the things that stands out to me guys is this unique thing though is that you guys are in family ministry together and you clearly like each other which is not true for everyone who's in family ministry yeah, i would say 95 percent of the time <laughs> Wait a second. That's a higher grade than most <laughs> folks would give each other if they're being honest no but What's interesting to me is there are people who listen who run a children's ministry with their spouse, right? And they are dealing with very similar tensions, very similar highs, very similar lows, but their context happens to be a children's ministry of a few volunteers and a couple dozen kids, right? You guys are doing your ministry and it just happens to look very different. And I'm curious, as you guys have developed this ministry together, how have you managed to in some ways keep the ministry and the personal life separate, but at the same time recognize that actually they can't really mm. be separate as they are part of your identity yeah. as a couple Yeah. Well, and, a, and as a family. I think one thing that I'm just really, really bad at is um, putting on any kind of other persona. So like <laughs> I don't want to have a ministry persona and a family mm -hmm. persona. I think we have we realized from the beginning that this was going to be something that as we pour ourselves into this to help other families is going to help our family mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And it was going to um, bring some accountability to us. It was going to open up some doors for us to, you know, work on some things with our kids. Um, and it's, it's really a blessing to have ministry bring us together as a couple. Um, every time we face a challenge, we, we don't face it by ourselves. We face it with somebody else, you know, and every time we experience one of the just incredible joys of ministry, you know, you're not just like looking around and going, well, who else is sharing this with me? Now there's somebody right there that's mm -hmm. experiencing it with you. That's an incredible blessing. You know, Shauna, I'm curious for your perspective here, because I think a lot of folks, particularly parents, 
are dealing with this tension that you guys, you know, from an outside perspective, manage this tension well. You know, you're humans, you fall short, I'm sure. But you guys have managed to raise your kids while being in ministry and do so in an environment where you're discipling your kids well. I think sometimes parents have this fear of, I don't want to overdo it with church. Church is my job. Church is my ministry. So when I come home with my kids, they sort of overcorrect in that persona from what Dave's talking about, where it's like, okay, I'm going to be dad right now because I need to lay down the job stuff because I want my kids to actually like me and I want them to like the church. But as a result, they wind up creating this separation. And I'm curious, how do we help or what have you found to be effective in helping our kids be immersed in scripture so that the kids recognize that all of that's coming from Jesus and it doesn't matter what mood dad's in anyway when he gets home from work. Well, I think when we, when we have a correct biblical worldview and we are looking through the lens of scripture at our ministries and at our families, then, then we are going to immerse our kids in God's word because we're literally narrating the gospel in everyday life. Like this is, I am making this decision because of this. I, I am deciding to spend my money this way or organize my calendar this way, or even this is why you're allowed to be in this activity or not allowed in this activity is because I order my life through the lens of scripture. And so I think we have to make sure that we're bringing the biblical worldview that we are pouring into our ministry is also getting poured into our lives at home. And our kids are hearing that and we're, we're narrating that for them, but we're not doing that in a vacuum. They know why we're making the decisions we're making. Yeah. How have you guys managed to manage that because you guys have unique schedules, right? You're touring. How do you keep consistent family rhythms, but maintain the level of flexibility required where discipleship's at the center, even if the practices have to look a little bit different depending on schedules? Yeah. Well, we have an incredible support system by way of grandparents that help bridge that gap, you know, when we are traveling. And we limit how much we travel in this season of life, too. Mm-hmm. Um, For context, how old are your kids? So we have a 12, a 10, and an 8. Yeah. Boy, boy, girl. And they are all headed in like three different directions at right now. So we are like in the get in the car and don't go all the places stage of life right now. Fine. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we have, you know, uh, it's Dave's parents that come and stay at our home and run the schedule. So one of the one of the things that we do with our kids to provide that kind of consistency is that um, we've actually created family worship guides that we've gone through with all we've gone through all of the guides with our kids, and it's just an easy way of opening up scripture, memorizing it together. We'll go around the table and everybody has a portion that they memorize and make some sort of silly motion to. And, um, and so we'll go around and memorize it together, a short devotional time, and then a a prayer time, a time where we share, okay, what's going on? Who can we pray for now? We have one that doesn't love praying out loud. So he just gets to say in Jesus name, amen. (laughs) And it's usually happening over dinner time for us because that's when everybody schedules pause for just a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, there are other times where we'll, we'll do, uh, like a guided prayer time before bed, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and create those rhythms when we are home so that when we step out for a little bit, we can kind of step back in and, and begin again. And I think the the very first layer of that intentionality is that we've just decided we're going to try. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that sounds really simple, but we're just determined to keep trying mm-hmm. because um, we know that there will be seasons where life gets crazy. We travel, you know, kids have weird schedules and all of a sudden you blink and it's like, man, the last time we read the Bible together was like right. two weeks ago. Right. And we're, we don't, we kind of determine not to let that type of, oh man, we got out of our rhythm. Not to let that stop us from trying. Mm-hmm. We're just going to keep trying. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Child discipleship is needed now like never before. We may look at the news and be tempted to despair. Fatigue and worry may feel like a constant weight around our hearts, especially as we consider all our children and grandchildren may face. Even in the U.S., we are experiencing unprecedented waves of aggressive secularism, causing us to ask new questions about how to disciple our children in the digital age. But we can be certain that Jesus is king and the truth of the Bible is still as reliable as ever and that child discipleship gives us great hope. Friends, while we might face unprecedented cultural challenges worldwide and kids are facing a faith crisis of unparalleled impact, from our vantage point, we see God at work. Like never before, we see and believe God is moving and inviting us to bring the gospel and discipleship to children around the globe in new and exciting ways. We want to invite you to prayerfully explore an investment in child discipleship through once-in-a-lifetime opportunities with Awana. Now is the time for us to increase our gospel impact together like never before. Donate today at awana.org slash like never before. Why is it, and Shana, this is kind of a question for you too, like why is it that so many folks struggle with, I'll use the phrase, getting back up on the horse? Mm -hmm. Because I think we set this expectation, particularly as parents, like mom guilt, parent shame is so real for folks where it's like, man, I haven't read the Bible in two weeks. And then that two weeks, because of that shame, becomes a month. Right. And then you have to start an entirely new habit just to engage in scripture again. We all go to, you know, like we, to set the expectation, like literally scripture says, we all fall short. But why is it so hard for so many, including me, including the person asking the question, to turn that ship around when it comes to our kids? I think for some reason we don't have grace with ourselves in those situations, yeah. you know, that that for some reason, if we don't hit 100%, we think we're failing. Um, and so we have a joke, which is not a joke at all, but totally serious in our house that we're on day 355 of the Bible reading plan of 2021 in our house. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. And so this was the first time that we thought instead of starting back on day one, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. And so this is September, 2022. Right. <laughs> we're still trying to finish up, you know, 2021, yeah. but yeah, there's, it's like, there's this expectation that we have to be 100% good at this and we give ourselves grace or we are graceful to other people in like every other area of life. But we have this high, high standard that it's so we struggle with. Yeah. 
I, I don't know what, I think the, the mom guilt, the, mm. the parent shit, mm. I feel like that is a real thing that we get down on ourselves. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, um, it's part of the reason that it's so important for us to immerse ourselves in the word, mm -hmm. because when we don't do that, we don't have a clear picture of the way God views us. Mm -hmm. And so instead of a scriptural viewpoint on how God views us, we supply our own viewpoint on how we would view people like right. us, right. you know, that make the same mistakes as us. So we put, we project that onto God when, you know, you look at like in Zechariah, you can fact check me here. I think it's Zechariah three, <laughs> but in Zechariah, God says, um, I will take great delight in you. I will rejoice over you with singing. When was the last time you pictured God rejoicing over you with singing? Like this is a person, this is a, a God who knows everything about you, who knows every mistake you've ever made. And he says, I'm rejoicing over you with singing. How would that change then the way we view ourselves if we had the right lens to see ourselves the way God does. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And I think we have to remember too, that it's, it's only by his grace that we're able to do any discipleship in, yeah. in the lives of our kids and that it's not on us at the end of the day, you know, his, his word isn't going to return void. We just mm -hmm. have to be faithful and consistent. Be faithful. Right. And, and, and just in that moment to choose that and then just keep choosing that even on the days that, go, you know, off the tracks and, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been a harder day as a family, but still choosing to press into that, knowing that it's just by his grace yeah. that that moment is going to, to turn into a real moment of, of discipleship for your kids. And maybe realistic expectations. Yeah. I think sometimes we struggle with realistic expectations. Yeah. We think there's going to be like this mini church service, mm -hmm. like everybody's <laughs> going to sit down and it's going to be precious and it's going to be perfect. And it's like we forget about the everyday conversations mm. that we can be having, mm. you know, everyday life happening and being able to narrate that to our kids and explain it to them through the lens of scripture. And, and for some reason, we just have this ideal in our mind Mm -hmm. that we're trying to reach. Well, know. and I want to talk again about doorposts like they're not here, Shauna. So okay. um, just because <laughs> it's one of the things that I so appreciate again about your guys' ministry, because you guys do both. You guys do a great job of doing two things that I think are incredibly challenging and seemingly opposite. You both honor the reverence of scripture mm -hmm. without making scripture weird. Right. <laughs> because I think people, to your point, like you have this picture of discipleship sometimes of like, let me open up the biggest Bible I can find. And it's got to be KGV. Right. And it's got to say thus. Still, it's don't gotta talk. Say, yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah and, and I don't care that you're three. You got to right. sit still. Right. And that is great for a painting. Right. But like yeah. that makes scripture super weird. Right. And the fact that you guys have found a way to make scripture accessible through your music. I think it's such an important, it's one of the reasons why my six and three quarter year old and three year old dig your music. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm curious about though, is when you guys are making your stuff, you are making it for both a church leader audience, right? And a family audience. And I'm curious how you think about the distinctions between those groups of people. And obviously because both of those people are wearing you know, the church leaders are also parents and grandparents mm -hmm. and faith friends, as uh, Dr. Denise Kiesbo likes to call them. 
because it's a similar tension that our ministry has to walk of like they are technically distinct, but they're similar because one of the things that I think I so appreciate about the conversation around child discipleship right now is I think we're doing a much better job of being like kids just need to be discipled. Mm-hmm. We need to stop talking about it. We need to just go do the thing, mm-hmm. which requires every adult leaning in and less about what your role is, what the fancy names after your name are or letters after your name are and what your exact you know proximity is. Like we just need you to start actually discipling kids. Are you consciously going like, okay, this is the balance for teach uh, for families and church leaders. This is how we would want them to partner together with these types of resources. How do you guys navigate that tension? I think one of the sort of secrets of what we do, you know, don't tell anybody. I'm like ready for this. Yeah. I'm waiting. Like, what? We don't Hold on. There's four recording devices in here, but don't tell them. <laughs> We've never set out to do anything other than just try to make some good music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think I I realized pretty early on, like kids just enjoy good music. You don't have to make music dumber for kids. Mm-hmm. They enjoy good music. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've done is that we've never really tried to make kids music or music that for church leaders or music for parents, or we we haven't set an agenda to try to somehow navigate all these things. We've set a very clear agenda to just try to make good music and music that we would want to listen to. You know, that's our number one rule is we just don't do anything we wouldn't want to listen to. Um, And, you know, maybe part of it is the fact that we, in some ways, we both fill all of those roles you're talking about church leader, Mm -hmm. parent, you know, um, but, uh, but I think there's a there's a value in just God's word is worth the very best that we could possibly give to it. And so to the extent that we have whatever ability God has given us, we're just going to try to leverage the best of that for the sake of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to let that moment sink. That's a pretty that's a pretty good moment right there. So here's kind of where I want to kind of land the proverbial plane here. One of the things that I love about working at Awana during such time as this is, and I say this all the time on the podcast, is there's never been a time at a, in Awana's 72-year history where I could be less prescriptive. I would love to tell you what works for your family. I literally don't know. I would love to tell you what works for your church. I literally can't tell you. But what I can tell you is that child deception matters mm-hmm. and that people like Dave and Jess can help you. Mm-hmm. And what I can tell you is that child deception matters And we at Awana want to continue to partner with you like we have for 72 years. And one of the cool things about what we're doing right now is that you guys have figured out ways, even within our ministries already, to find partnerships. So one of the things, Sean, I know is that we have, we've already figured out ways to partner with Doorpost. Can you tell folks about how Talkabout and Doorpost are already working together? Right. Yeah. So Talkabout is our family um, discipleship resource. And when, when we looked at families, we saw the things that we've been talking about. We saw families that didn't know what to do for sure, or maybe didn't know how to find the time, or just maybe needed somebody to kind of like 
hold their hand and help them or kind of wrap their arms around them. And, and so that's what we want to do. We just want to encourage family discipleship, no matter how that takes place. And we actually had a conversation, um, with doorpost songs and what was so interesting about it. And I don't know if you remember this, Dave, but like we sat down and we're like, well, this is what talk about's all about. And then Dave said, this is what doorpost songs is all about. And we're like, Oh, like we have the same the mission. Same. Like we are <laughs> like we, and, and it was just this beautiful moment of mm-hmm. like, we, we want to do the same thing. We want to help yeah. families. And so one of the ways that we want to help families is we want to help kids hide God's word in their heart. Um, because when they face those hard times and they face those hard questions, we want God's word to just come right back up in their memory. And so, um, and so it's funny as I'm at one of our forgiven lessons, I'm just thinking about it right now is, um, as far as the East is from the West. Mm-hmm. And so it all, already in my mind, I'm singing the song that just sings <laughs> 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 that goes with that. But we wanted to provide that to families, um, because scripture memory can be tricky mm-hmm. and, um, we wanted to provide a beautiful and practical way to do that. And I promise parents, you will memorize the verses right alongside your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's our, our memory melody component that, that we've added in um, recently. And I think it's going to be a, a, we hope, we pray that that's a great help to families. Yeah. I think it's, it's such a wonderful addition to the resource. And I think what I hope people hear from this too is like, you know, I, I can hear the eyes rolling in the podcast play like, oh, look, Awana is talking about an Awana product. And like, that's not what this is, y'all. <laughs> because what I want folks to hear is there's this ministry called Doorpost Songs yeah. that is committed to child discipleship yeah. and doing anything that they can to further child discipleship mm-hmm. and further family conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Y'all happen to be very gifted musicians. We, I said this before we started rolling the mics. If you guys were bricklayers, like you would just be doing that instead. Like what I love about getting to know you guys over a few conversations is that that cl- the commitment to the gospel, the commitment to helping your kids know Jesus and love Jesus, that is so clearly the center of what you do. The fact that you're gifted and God's given you talents as a musician is the second layer of that. And I think too often people in their ministry context and other professional contexts, that's a whole separate podcast, get that order mixed up. So Mm -hmm. to end where we started, thank you guys for getting that order right. Because folks like y'all give, and plenty of you who are still listening to me talk, are the loving, caring adults that we need to help kids understand and shape um, and form a lasting faith for the church in 2015 and beyond. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. 
You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.